Welcome to the A1 Podcast. It is your host, Asif Ali. I'm joined today by returning guest, the one, the only, Ryan Shumi. Ryan, how are you today, brother? Doing well, man. How are you going? How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Yeah, so obviously, you know, we, we got a good chat on uh, Monday, so now we're back for round two. So looking That's forward right, to it. That's right, man. That's right. Let's do it. Let's do it. So actually, let's start off this episode, kind of a topic that was discussed on first on, on, on Undisputed. I watched that today because obviously Carson Wentz was traded. But also another topic, um, you know, obviously I know your favorite player is this guy right here. Yes, so pretty sir. much, um, you know, Shan Sharp, my favorite player who's also on the Lakers um, is, is LeBron James. But Shan Sharp had an interesting uh, a topic of, of, of they had an interesting topic of debate and Shan Sharp chimed in on it. We basically said that, you know, LeBron James, as, as great as he is, you know, he's been away from football for so long. There's no guarantee that, that you can make the NFL because his argument was kind of predicated on the fact that there's been so many numerous greats in the, in the, high, school re- in the high school realm and in the college realm who basically, who basically had the ability um, or had the talent to make it, but for whatever reason, they couldn't make it. Because of the fact that when you start going up, it's, it's a lot. The talent is because more saturated. Not saying LeBron <laughs> didn't have the talent. He was an all-state wide receiver, but it's not. But he couldn't make it now. He couldn't Correct. make you know, being out of the game. So can I talk about your thoughts about that? Um, I agree with you, man. I don't think he'd be able to make it now. Um, I, I know he was the number one player in Ohio. He was a stud. Uh, back then, if he chose that route, sure, he'd go right to the NFL, and I'm sure he would do just fine. But how long has it been since he's been in high school? Do you know? Yeah, it's been over what, 17, 18 years. <laughs> that conditioning to get conditioning is one thing, but football conditioning with taking hits and getting your body absorbing these hits and contact again, I, I think it's too old to even consider to do it now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you don't you don't see many football players playing at his age. Um, so everyone could dream. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I think it's it's hard to even debate right now because he's been in the NBA so long and away from football for so long that I don't see it even being possible for him to do it now. And I think also to your point, and that's an interesting one is about the age factor and all that type of stuff. I think it's more so to me than just age. It's also the, like you said, the conditioning and also the physicality of it, you know, NFL has adopted more rules to promote player safety, but you know, obviously we, you and I both play in the arena, the professional arena football. It's one of those things where, I mean, the physicality is turned up a notch. The NFL is basically guys even sometimes bigger or badder than the guys in the NFL or those same guys when the NFL came down to yep. play arena. And you know, you're like, like, what you vice versa. yeah, exactly. Like you said last, and like you said last episode, you got the wall there. So you, there's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, especially when you're playing wide outs like us. Yeah. No, exactly. And obviously when you get hit, the contact is so much more impactful because it's, it's such a quick game, right? Bingo, bingo. So I think also to me, it's not necessarily just that LeBron, because LeBron has the ability, but. Oh, for sure. I, I'm, lot, I'm not knocking that. I'm not saying yeah. that, but yeah. Right. But essentially it's kind of what you just said, which is what I, which is my, which I'm agreeing to. It's that the hits, the hits of, of football and conditioning to the hits and taking hits year after year after year. It's a very, very select few. And Shannon Sharp said this too. Only quarterbacks could probably play into the late 30s, early 40s because I agree. They, they're not getting hit as much. You know, kickers, punters, you know, they're not getting hit as much, you know. But um, LeBron James, obviously, you know, he's been taking, you know, I mean, he's somehow, I mean, even even to do what he's doing at this level in the NBA is just incredible. It's, 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 it's unheard of. For sure, for sure. Yeah. I, uh, go ahead. No, yeah, you're good. Go ahead. I'm just, I'm not the biggest LeBron fan, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. I think he's soft, but. I'm, you can't knock him. You know, you can't take it away from him. Like Tom Brady, I'm not ever going to sit there and root for Tom Brady, but I respect him. Right. You know, um, I rooted for him in the Super Bowl, to be honest with you. Uh, but it's just, man, it's so different than basketball, so much more physical. I get they say basketball is such a physical contact sport, 
but football is just a whole different demon, man. 100%. 100%. Not for everybody either. But he, he grew up playing. He played his whole life up until he was, what, 17, 18. So he knows how to ball. And that's not the issue. But you hit, you hit the nail on the head with your points there. So. Yeah, and I think also kind of, you know, another thing we're talking about, well, we, can, we can change another topic. Are the guys who basically make the argument that he could play, um, you know, I mean, we're not we're not knocking ones, you know, kind of acumen, but... Everyone's got an usually, opinion. Yeah, everyone's got an opinion. Everyone has entirely opinion, all fans. But it's usually the guys who haven't played at at, yes. at a high enough level. Yes, and, man. And, you know, I mean, and you and I were kind of exchanging some messages about that earlier today, but I think ultimately that's my biggest thing. It's like, well, you know, dudes basically have never played arena football. They don't really... I mean, if I were to basically bust this out, they don't even know what the fuck this go. is. You know what I mean? Right. They don't, you know? And so essentially, you know what I mean? But there's like, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's probably, I, I could probably do that. I can just, you know, exactly. suit up and go out there. It's like, yeah, okay, might as well. And then you're not going to do it. Why? Go because go for, go it. for it, you know? The but, guys who talk the most and the guys who hate the most are the guys who have the least experience physically playing on the actual team, on the actual field with their brothers. You know what I mean? It's the yeah. guys who sit behind the computer they play Madden, whatever they play. Like we were talking about earlier, they play on all Madden. They think that they can translate <laughs> that to the actual field and run a, a hard stick post. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's different, man. Um, but the people who talk the most, in my opinion, are the people who don't have the actual on-field experience that think it's easy. Oh, I can do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think also to that point, you know, obviously, yeah, I mean, like, you know, you can be a Madden pro boy, but when the, when the pads come on and, and, and you take that hit, you're going to see exactly why our opinions are aligned as to why we don't think and why Shannon Sharp also doesn't think LeBron James could play. At I, the highest uh, level. I agree. Um, yeah. I, there's always this meme floating around. It's a picture of the Oklahoma drill or hamburger yeah. drill, yeah. different names, different areas. Um, but it said this drill is, I forgot how it was said, how it was worded, but it was talking about how this drill alone transferred so many people from football to basketball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that you see the people ducking, going to the back of the line because it's one-on-one, you know? Yeah. You know, it's one-on-one and basically nowhere to hide, you know? And, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I mean, and, and there's opportunity. I mean, I mean, everyone gets knocked on their ass. That's, that's the biggest thing. It happens. Thing. It happens, it happens not, you know? There's not one football player who has never been knocked on his ass. You know, every single person who still straps up or who has strapped up has lost a battle. You know what I mean? Yeah. And essentially, I mean, like, you know, even for me, like, I mean, I can, I can remember back in my Juco days when I was playing at West High College, uh, during, during, during summer ball, we, there was a, it was a drill. It wasn't Oklahoma deal, but it was get the bag. And so I, I, I mean, I, I, I keep reminiscing to it. I'll never forget. It was this kid, Kyle, Kyle Hennings. It was 6'4", 220. Yeah. I'm like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, like a buck 35 maybe at that point. <laughs> and so obviously he has, he has, he has a size. He has, he has a strength advantage. And he's just, and so basically, uh, he blows up, okay, and then I'm running, and basically I'm trying to get under him, trying to get my shoulder lower, but Kyle just literally just, just, just physically wills me. I'm on the ground. Literally, he's just, he's beating me up, and I'm on the ground. I have to crawl around him to get the flag. But when I, I kept crawling, I get the flag, my coach goes fucking crazy. Like, good fucking shit, anyone, good shit, you know? And, that's and that, that's, that's what football is, you know? And that's why, you know, it's no knock against any basketball player. It's just the fact that For when sure. you have to do that consistently, like day in, day out, Week in, week out, you know, month in, month out, year in, you're out. It takes a toll on you, dude. Like, definitely. My, I'm sore every fucking day. I, I, I can't. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna front, you know. But I will mean, you take any of it back, and will you do it differently? How hell the that's hell the, no. That's there you go. Got that ice again. But that's the same answer that all these legitimate football players and athletes will give you because you go through hell. You beat your body up. Your your body's not meant for this. You know what I mean? Right. But every single person 
that you talked to that loved it and did well and learned something from it and got something out of it will tell you they would go and do every single thing over again and wouldn't change a thing, myself included. 100%. Had injuries on injuries, and I would do every every single thing all over again. Yeah, especially with your injuries. Yeah, because your injuries were basically, you know, I mean, I mean, uh, basically uh, debilitating. You know, the ACL yeah. and the MCL, it's like crazy. I, uh, I'm lucky to walk again. It sounds crazy, but after this last injury with my with my leg, it uh, it was scary. For yeah, sure. Yeah. So let's get into kind of more about you now. So let's talk about what we we're in with the, kind of your your business endeavors and stuff outside of kind of you know your boxing. Let's let's get into it. Absolutely. So, actually, this ties right into what we were just talking about. So, June 2019, when I blew my leg up. Um, I was going from training, playing football, super active to being in a wheelchair for 12 weeks and not able to do anything. I was losing my mind. Um, I couldn't put a shoe on. I couldn't put a sock on. Um, couldn't change my clothes. I, I couldn't do anything. Um, and prior to that, I was coaching youth football out here for the Buffalo Grove Bills. And we had a good mix of athletes. Um, a lot of first-time players, a lot of veterans and whatnot, but every single kid could use speed increase, you know? And myself and Tommy Zibikowski, um, we both came back to coach a team. We both grew up playing for the same program, so it was cool to come back and help out. Um, but I remember when I was in high school, Tommy had a speed and agility business that our high school used to go to. Um, and so I'm sitting there trying to think, like, what can I do for my time? How can I kill some time? And I ended up starting a business called Shoe Me Speed and Agility. Um, I train a lot of athletes in the Midwest, anywhere from six, seven years old. I've trained semi-pro collegiate athletes. So I got a good range there. Um, but so about maybe two months after my second surgery with my knee, I was out at the field in my wheelchair. And I brought one of my buddies from back home to set up the cones and all the drills for some of the kids. And I would kind of explain what to do. He would demonstrate it and set it up. And a couple of weeks of that, maybe another two months of that, um, I came in contact with one of my good buddies, Chris. Um, he has a gym in Buffalo Grove. It's where I train all my clients. Great gym, great people. It's called APX Sports and Fitness. Um, ever since then, I've been training all my clients out of there. And so one of the worst times of my life, I got some of the greatest things out of it, though. It was like last episode, part one, how I said, when I was in college, it was the best but worst experience of my life. This is another one of those situations. Terrible situation, um, but great positive outcome. Get to help all these athletes and pass all my knowledge down. Um, I've been to countless amounts of personal trainers and speed and agility camps throughout my career playing. So I take a little bit from each class and each uh, trainer I worked with and put that into my own and translate it to the kids. And it's, it's cool, man, seeing the kids super excited to come uh, get some work, get better. Yeah, it's hard work, but they have a great time doing it. Um, so that's what kind of makes me happy and satisfied with this is just seeing or helping these younger athletes reach their full potential. You know what I mean? And and I think kind of it's it's kind of good you kind of alluded to that. Obviously, you know, kind of what inspired you and kind of you know how it's been like you know like a blessing and a curse, right? Because obviously, you know, you're going through kind of one of the worst injuries you've ever sustained, and but ultimately it resulted in you now basically giving back. And like we talked about sure. last episode, it's about giving back. That's the sport. Absolutely, about. that's what it's all about. We uh we touch on that a couple times in the last episode, and it's huge, man. Like like you and I both said before, it's for the kids. Um, the kids need someone to look up to, and the kids will listen to someone like me or you 
rather than an adult, like a parent, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the fact that we can relate to them and we've been in their shoes and we're a little closer in age, it, it's a little easier for them to communicate because a lot of these kids are shy. Um, they're 11, 12, 13. That's a weird age for some people, you know? Yeah. Um, so just being there for them, um, helping them with school, like it's so much bigger than the sport. Like I'll continue to say that um, with everything I do because I learned so much through sports, playing sports and the coaches and mentors that helped me so much in life, you know, and I could help these kids, man. That's, that's the best feeling in the world to be able to help, help the kids, man. 100%, you know, obviously, you know, and, 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 that, and that's big, you know, because obviously with that, you know, you're able to kind of, you know, be a mentor. Um, and like you said, not only, not only, and this is kind of what, what Moyesha's guest, Gabe Martin, Coach Gabe, you know, one of my good friends on the West Texas Warbirds indoor football team was talking about, you know, he's, he basically said that, you know, for the, even though, even though they're a pro team and it's basically a business, they're not there to just basically help guys get to the next level, which they are. They're also there to help them outside of football. They're help to help big these time. guys become better, you know, men you know, outside right. of football. And so I think that's, that's great what you're doing in that regard. So. Yeah. Thank you, man. I love it, man. There's, it's just because we work these kids hard, man. And I get the text I get from their parents is just life-changing because the fact that I mean so much to these kids and they want to continue to come and work their ass off and get better and better. And they get humbled by this. It's just great. Um, and I like doing, I do a lot of one-on-one sessions also, but I also do a lot of groups. And I think what's cool about the group sessions is you might think a kid might think he's the baddest on the team, you know, no one can touch him, but then you start bringing in mixes of different kids from different cities or different schools out here and they compete. It makes them work so much harder because, oh, this kid from this school has me beat by a couple seconds on this drill. You know what I mean? They compete, they go at it, they become good friends, uh, they help each other out, you know? Yeah. So, I love it, man. Absolutely. And it's good because, you know, I mean, that was going to be my next question, kind of, you know, what's your favorite part about it? So obviously, like you said, you know, kind of the inspiring competition and helping these guys understand kind of what it means to be like, you know, a football player or an athlete, you know, because you're going to have to Definitely. understand that early on, you know? Yeah. So, I, like good. I said, I train all sports too. Like I train boxers, football, wrestlers, swimmers, baseball tennis. i've trained all sports it's crazy and i've yeah. learned so much through them i'm teaching them a lot but they're also teaching me a lot and helping me just as much as i'm helping them and that's how it should be right yeah we're all, sure. in my opinion everyone's a teacher in my opinion you know we yeah. can all can learn from a different because we all come from different walks of life and different, we're different phases in life definitely and so if we can if we can extrapolate lessons from everyone you know whether you know i mean sometimes good sometimes bad it, it helps us grow you know as as, yeah. as, as humans as individuals so definitely yeah. So kind of obviously with that now, obviously, you, I think you also want to, I think we didn't really get into this, but you mentioned kind of mental health and kind of depression and we didn't have enough time last time to get into that. If you want, you know, you want to, we can, we can talk about that now um, on this episode. Yeah. Real quick, before we jump into that, um, you were mentioning the mentoring and all that. Yeah. Um, a couple months ago, maybe April or May, I was fortunate enough to be contacted by one of the so on the youth football team I coached, mm-hmm. um, one of the kids' dads started a company called Pro Chat Leads. Okay. It's where they have a couple of pro athletes who mentor at-risk students across the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was lucky enough to secure a position with that. And I'm working with elementary students in California. Um, yeah, two classes of elementary in California and a high school junior-senior class in Michigan. Um, they're great kids. 
um, but maybe they don't come from, they don't have the best support system at home, the best upbringing. Um, so pretty much everything I'm doing now is for the kids, man. Cause it's same thing with my business. These kids need someone to look up to. They need proper guidance. And these kids are some of the smartest kids, but they don't have, they're missing something in their presence at home or wh whatever it is. But so this company pro chat leads is sweet, man. I, uh, I mentor these groups virtually, obviously. Um, we do twice a, twice a month per classroom. Um, so I originally started just doing one school, the Michigan school. And then I was fortunate enough to take on, uh, San Leandro. I believe the name is the school. San is Leandro. That's all. It's only yeah. 25 minutes away from me. Oh, for real? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm working with two fifth grade, fourth and fifth grade classes over there. Nice. Um, but yeah, man, it's awesome. It's all for the kids, man. So in fact, I can help them out and see them. They, they get real involved in the discussions and they open up and the teachers are loving the journey that we're taking with this. So it's really cool, man. And actually before we transition to the next topic, it's what you just said, Ken, just, just, just jolted my memory. Ken Shamrock, who was on the show, you know, UFC hall of famer, right? He basically right. was um, pretty much a troubled at risk youth in the sense that he was, he was involved with fights. He was getting in and out of juvie. He was bouncing around different foster homes until he finally was adopted. Was, was, he found his way to Shamrock boys home and he was adopted by Bob Shamrock. And oh, okay. that's, that's how, that's how he, he, took, he took his last name because he was an adopted kid. And that was basically, that. yeah, no, exactly. No one, you know, and it's his, his, his upbringing was so crazy, but mentorship is so key because you never big know time. kind of who you're, you might be mentoring the next Ken Shamrock. You might be big mentoring time. next big time athlete. A lot of these athletes actually in the, in the, in the highest level, right? Whatever football, basketball, whatever they, the boys and girls club, for example, or just like, you know, different types of mentorship programs for our, for the community youth, um, the, the educational schools or whoever, right. They, they, it, it definitely helps, you know, at least, oh, you know, sure. in their development early on, you know, to kind of give them the, yeah, give them guidance. So. Big time. Cause like growing up, my support system at home was awesome. My yeah. dad coached me my entire life and was there for every single practice. Um, I played football for, tackle football for this was going to be 20 years. I played for 19 years. My grandpa only missed one game in my entire career. So we're a very close family. And so it's not like I was lacking that I wasn't lacking someone to look up to in that point, but I was always around older kids and just seeing what they were doing just was so cool to me. And so I always had a couple people like I am to these students, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's easier to open up to someone like that rather for me, at least I was always, hesitant to open up to family or close family friends or whatever. It was always easier to speak out to these coaches or the trainers and whatnot, just like these kids who are my clients do to me, you know? Right. So it's and I full think circle, man. It's full circle. Exactly. It's full circle. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. So yeah. And obviously you mentioned now, now, now opening up, you also mentioned kind of, you know, the, the times that you, in the first, in the pre, in the first episode about kind of, you know, what, you know, it, issues you had dealing with mental health and depression and stuff like that. And so, I mean, I'm not sure if that kind of ties into kind of, you know, the mental health, you know, aspect For of sure. kind of, yeah, but go ahead. No. So, um, what, what are you trying to get into right now? What are you, what are you thinking? I'm talking about mental health. Remember? We didn't yeah. get, to, we, we didn't get a chance to get that last time. I, uh, I've never really opened up and never really talked about it. Um, I've never like gone to a therapist or anything just cause I never thought that was the right route for me. Mm -hmm. um, I've never spoken to family about it. I've never spoken to anybody about it really okay. just myself. And yeah. I know that's not the most healthy way to go about everything. 
Um, but everyone's situation is different. I know last episode I talked about just because someone has it great at home, that doesn't mean that everything's great in their head, you know? Right. Um, so I don't know. I've struggled with it for a long, long time now. And it got to the point where I didn't do anything. I, I cut people off. Um, people that didn't deserve that. Um, we're still friends, but I never really got into details why I kind of took a step back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I just think it's big for, I can't say to go and speak up because I didn't take that route, but find what works for you. You know, everyone's got a vice. Every, everyone's got, there's one thing, at least one thing that will help you get through whatever you're going through. And with me now, like boxing, like last episode, boxing now is making me feel like a kid again. It's making me feel like I was prior to depression or anxiety um, and just everything like that. Like I've never had anxiety before and I never really knew what to think of it because I've never experienced it. And then one day I got hit with what I thought was something serious. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I started freaking out. And that was probably five years ago, six years ago. So I kind of have been in the shell since then. I'm starting to open up about it a little more now. Um, this is the first time I ever, ever even talked about that. Yeah. Um, a lot of people probably don't even know that about me because I've always been a hard body, like keep it strong so other people can look at you and think not that so they could think everything's okay with me, but I just was always there to make someone else happy. You know what I mean? um, relationships, um, in life. Like I've always, I would always go an extra step to make sure the next person is happy or smiling and then worry about myself. But sometimes you got to worry about yourself first and be a little selfish sometimes because you can't always help the next person if you're not mentally there. You know what I mean? hundred percent. And kind of, you know, another, another guest on the show, Evan, um, you know, who was also on the boys for a little yeah, bit. Yeah. He might, yeah. Basically he talked about his struggles with mental health and depression because for him specifically, like, you know, he basically said that what, what helped him was, so he would, he would, he would channel his mental health, his, his mental health issues, either through, you know, through football, right. Either playing or basically just breaking shit when he had a bad day, because it would come out and he would get like these episodes of just like, you know, he just, it was uncontrollable. And then ultimately it also, it also became, you know, to the point where it's like, he just became so depressed, he got in the slump. Then he basically learned that, you know, kind of for him, you know, he basically learned that when he was on the show, he talked about when he, when he got put in jail, when he was all time low, he realized, you know what, there's a book. He's like, he's like, I am, you know, I, I am in control you know, of myself. Right. I like that. And essentially he, his advice was to anyone out, out there who's struggling with mental health issues, just basically get a pen. What he does, get a pen, write down, write poetry, kind of write, you know, music, write something to that way you can kind of let your thoughts out if you have issues opening up about it, you know, because that, that, that's a very effective mechanism of coping. That's big time. That's big time. I, uh, I like to draw and I like to write. I've always, one of my best subjects in school, I've always been writing. So yeah. I started writing a book. I never followed through with it, but it's, it's out there. It's here somewhere. Um, yeah. Every once in a while, I used to just, when I was feeling down, I would I'll pull out my notepad or whatever it was on. But I, I never got to the point where I would break stuff or like get like that. I would break myself down though. And right. I could literally, like when I was growing up, I, I was so much more comfortable not being home. Not saying that it was bad here. I just, I loved to be out and I loved hanging out with my friends and doing this and that. But it got to the point where I could sit home 
and literally talk to nobody for weeks at a time and be happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And th that's not healthy. No. Um, and I wouldn't talk to anybody about it. Like my family, they, they could sense that something was going on, but it was always short answers. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm cool. Um, but they checked on me all the time. They still do. Cause still to this day, I have my ups and downs as everyone does. You know what I mean? But I, I'm so busy throughout the day that when I'm home, I just like to literally do nothing. And which is cool. I get to relax. But then sometimes I think back to when I was really down and out and I don't let myself get back to that point. I try my best not to, I'll go for a run. I'll work out. I'll train, um, draw, right. Just find something to fill that void. You know what I mean? Right. But it's tough, man. It, uh, everyone's different. Everyone handles everything differently. Everyone experiences different situations of it, but like, I don't know, man, this is my first time ever speaking on it. So I don't, it kind of feels good to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but I just, I would consider therapy. I just never, I've over, always overlooked it in the past just cause I thought that I could handle this and it'll blow by. But after years of it, it gets to a point where, damn, now what, you know what I mean? And I never right. got like super, super down like that, but I was depressed. Um, I'm still dealing with anxiety, but I'm starting to figure out the more I've been training, I've been training like crazy for boxing. So that's kind of helping me out a little bit. Um, but you got to find your void, you know, everyone's different. No one's going to be the same. 100%. And help your friends out. If you see your friends down, ask them what's going on, what can you do? And I had friends that did do that. And it was on me for not opening up and letting them know what was going on. I just kind of fell back and cut myself off really. But. Yeah. I mean, ultimately though, it's kind of what, what steps you take moving forward and kind of to your point, kind of to reach the point, like you said, now what, right? So this is kind of, you know, a good step, right? Because obviously, you know, it's really hard, especially when you're a football player, like you said, it's like, yeah, this perception is this dude in pads is like, kind of like, you know, like, yeah, it's like this big, tough dude. And that's what I'm not talking about. It's like, you know, big dude, big, tough dude in pads. Like you're not supposed to be able to talk about your feelings. Well, yeah, yeah you are. Your mental health is your mental wealth, you know, and essentially the more you're able to open up and the more you are kind of bringing light to the issues and football players are probably some of the most misunderstood For uh, sure. athletes. Definitely. You Definitely. Know? So, cause I'll like, I won't, like I said, this is the first time I spoke on this, but there'll be times where I'm talking to people and I'm, a, I'm sensitive, I guess you could say that. And they're like, damn, I didn't expect you to be like that. It's like, what do you expect? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they bring up all oh, football or all oh, boxing like this and that, but everyone's got a soft spot. You know what I mean? Facts. We but all do. Say yeah. what you want, but I'm keeping it real. 100%. That's all we do. You know, A1 podcast, we keep this shit real. You know what I mean? Ultimately yes, break sir. down the barriers and break stereotypes. So that's what we're doing. So yeah, I mean, pretty much, I mean, it's good that, you know, that we kind of, you know, that you open up about that because, you know, I hope that, well, this is what we hope collectively that, you know, that this helps anyone else, you know, whoever else struggles with mental health, regardless of where you're at, you're able to open up more, you know, because definitely. obviously with Eva's episode and, you know, obviously I think with this episode too, it definitely kind of, you know, kind of, I guess, drives the point for, drives the point home that, you know, anyone can be impacted, right? And we all need nice. to understand that we all we all are human at the end of the day. And there's no reason for you to be ashamed to speak out or speak up. I mean, seek yeah, don't help be afraid. You. Don't yeah. be afraid to speak up. No one's going to look at you differently. And if they do, they're not meant to be around you. Cut them off. People that really love you and are with you and have your back 
will really have your back and do what's necessary to help you get back on track. Big facts, big facts. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, it's good shit. So, but yeah, so th- this is a big topic, you know, because so many people struggle with this. And like me, I didn't talk about it for years. It's the first time since in five, six years that I've even said anything about it to anybody. So it feels good, man. It feels good. I feel a little lighter, you know what I mean? Yeah. But don't hesitate to speak out. There you go. There you go. (laughs) But don't hesitate to speak out, man, and do what you got to do to find your peace, you know, because at the end of the day, that's all you got. Well, you got your peace, man, and you got to find it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. I'm not really sure how to follow it up, man. That's pretty, uh, (laughs) that's that's a big topic. It's a good way to, you know, so. Yeah, man, but. Other than that, back to the same old routine. Like I said, I'm boxing, training, um, been cutting, been dieting. So that's not fun, but. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. How is that going for you, man? <laughs> it's, it's going. I haven't been this light since I was like 16, 17. No. Okay. Um, but I feel good, man. I feel energy's there. Uh, my mind's there. Um, I feel strong. I feel fast. So I'm just getting ready for the day, man. Getting ready for the call. 100%. You know, you're, you're going to get the call pretty soon, I'm sure. So, you know, yes, I mean, when yes, it hits sir, up, sir. You, it's going to happen. So that's what yes, makes sir. it happen. So, yeah, all right. Um, I don't really know. Yeah, maybe well, one more thing. Actually, no, did you what, – what's your reaction to the to the Carson Wentz trade? Because he's I just bum. did – He's a bum. He's a bum. Dude, I've, I've never been a fan of Carson Wentz ever yeah. since he came in the league. Yeah. Um, he did good in college. I'm not going to take that away from him. Yeah. Um, And the Super Bowl year, what year was that? When did they win the Super Bowl? 2017, 18. Okay, so he did majority of the work, but I think Eagles traded the wrong quarterback that day when they traded Foles. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, nah, it's just I'm not sold on Wentz. Um, I think he's overrated. Um, and I'm glad he went to the Colts instead of the Bears. <laughs> but well, they, got the, they got their own, work, own situation to worry about, but – yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, with, with the Colts, I think I think he's he's reunited with the offensive coordinator from that Super Bowl team, Frank Reich. Right, correct. So it's going to be and and they have a good run game and they have a very good offensive they have a good line, line. That's, and yes, they have sir. a good defense. So yes, it's, it might be a good look for Carson Wentz. Yeah. You know? The only thing with the Bears is the Bears and Eagles offense is so similar. You yeah. Know what I mean, they run the yeah. same style offense for the most part. Yeah. So I mean, that's the only reason that it would have made sense for him to go to Chicago, but the Bears. I don't care who they have at quarterback right now. They need to fix their offensive line situation before they could make the next step because I'm not a big fan of Trubisky either, but him or Foles, someone should be able to figure it out, but they, get, they have no help. So it's just going to look like Mahomes in the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter who's back there. The Chiefs had four offensive linemen out for that Super Bowl game, and it showed. Oh. He's running for his life out there. Yep. That's what I was talking about in my in my last episode, just before this one. It was like, you know, I was doing a recap. Jimmy G over here, last year in the Super Bowl, you know, I mean, in the, in the last fourth quarter, when the ball is being batted, when he was throwing picks, everything like that. It's like Patrick Mahomes reminded me like of Jimmy G in the yeah. the entire Super Bowl last year, and Trubisky is no different. Trubisky literally looks just like that because of the fact that he's running for his life. The only quarterback who can make it good, who can make a who, who can make a team better without offensive line, in my opinion, is uh, Russell Wilson because. Russell Wilson, because Seattle, he's basically just making the stuff. He's making magic happen, you know, without without any offensive line. I agree. Line, you know? him, so. him in the pocket is crazy. His scrambling ability is it's nuts. amazing. Yeah, um, I mean, Harry Houdini. <laughs> seriously, so I'm gonna flip that real quick. Someone who cannot scramble to save their life, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, <laughs> yeah, talk about, talk about. We're uh, we're a big, big Steelers family. Um, it's been that way ever since. My dad was a Steelers fan in the '70s. 
Um, so I was born into it. Um, so we're huge Steelers fans. We're Bears fans too. The only time we don't root for the Bears is when they play the Steelers, but that's every eight years. So, you know what I mean? That That's coming up this year. We're actually going to go to Pittsburgh for the game. Um, my, my dad and I, we go every, every eight years. So I've been twice going on third this upcoming season, but I don't know what's going to happen with Ben, man. I was watching the ESPN and it's not sounding promising. And it's funny. You mentioned that actually, I covered the Ben Roethlisberger topic. You probably saw it on my story. I actually I covered that. that. I yeah. That. So I gotta kind watch of, that episode. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So he threw four picks in the, in the wild card game, but pretty much kind of, you know, yeah, you can listen to it, but I'm, I'm looking at it just to kind of summarize. I'm looking at it as he's in a situation now where basically um, Tom Brady, the reason why Tom Brady has basically been so effective for so long is because he's taken, he's taken new approaches to, to, to better himself. I mean that he died. He's adapting. He's adapting. Exactly. And, and that, that's why I talked about my last episode. So, but pretty much with Ben and Brett Favre and these other gunslinger type quarterbacks, they don't, they, they feel like they're so good. And what they've done is work for so long. They don't see a need to adapt. Right. But another guest of the show, Darren Burns, was talking about his comeback to the CFL. Darren Burns is 57 years old. He's about to play football in, in on, on May 7th. And he's 60. Is How it, old did you say? He's 57. 57 years old. Yeah. And he's going to – and he's trying to make a yeah. CFL comeback. Yeah. You can look him up on, on Google. He's about to – What position to, does he play? He's a defensive lineman. Holy smokes. Yeah. He's crazy. He's 300 pounds, and he's like – he's lean. I mean – so I mean, but he's basically saying like, yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, he, he's done, he's done, he's done like a vegan diet. He's done nutrients, and it works. Like the nutrients works, and people are pumping stuff as much like like fluids and water stuff like that. So I mean, it's just like you have to adapt in order to be competitive. Ben Roethlisberger does not adapt at all. You know, no. he's still Hall of Fame, but he, it's, yeah, it's coming to an end. You know what I mean? And it it's sucks an- because he's one of my. I grew up watching him, you know. Yeah, exactly. Big Ben, you know. I mean, and he's and, he, and he's a great, great talent. He's a great, he's a great talent. I mean, he's phenomenal talent. He's a sure. Hall of Famer. This like, year with the drop passes didn't help his situation, but he also didn't help himself. He, he he's, if it wasn't for Alex Smith with that gruesome leg injury, Ben would have won Comeback Player of the Year. But yeah, Alex Smith didn't even have to take a snap to win that this year. You know what I mean? Yeah, just not coming, taking that away from him because that is insane. Yeah. Seventeen surgeries. Have you seen what his leg looks like? golly that's <laughs> terrible it's so it's disgusting bro yeah but i don't know man his uh he's he's had a good run i think big ben is the youngest quarterback to win the super bowl yep um crazy numbers but can't play forever so you gotta understand when that is before something happens knock on wood knock on wood so you I think, think ben- uh go ahead no good no, I was going to switch it to another quarterback. What were you going to say about Ben? Oh, Ben, yeah, I think pretty much. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to see because, I mean, I don't think the Steelers – he has weapons. I mean, it's, it's a lot oh, of it. Sure. I mean, yeah, and, and, and I can't – and I wasn't – I'm not going to make excuses for him because he also has Mike Tomlin. You know, the defense, I mean, I, I just I don't see the, Yeah, I love Tomlin too. It's just but the, 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 the Steelers are not, you know, a Super Bowl team, in my opinion, until, you know, I mean, they make some drastic changes, and I think it's going to be at the play at the QB position. So I agree, and they if they're going to make that move – they need to find a franchise guy. I'm tired of them picking up backups. And yeah. Like Mason Rudolph, not a fan. No. <laughs> what did, 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 did decent in college, but once he came to the league, he hasn't shown anything. And no. they they continue to rock with him. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I hope for the best, obviously, because we're big, big, uh, big time Steelers family. But we've had a good run. You know what I mean? Brady just think- passed us up. I'm. Super Bowl rings by a damn self. 
But, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, I mean, my thing was that I'm an Irish fan, so you know, we're we're yes, we're third. You know, we're we're second behind you guys and the, and yeah. the Patriots. And obviously, um, you know, Jimmy G is the same thing as Ben, in the sense that, and I kind of like you, I was grandfather into. My dad was an Irish fan in the '80s, and um, oh, you know, cool. that's, so like me, that's why I'm an Irish fan. Um, but pretty much, kind of, um, you know, back to Ben um, and kind of Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, you, 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 yeah, yeah, you, you, you'll hear it. You know, I mean, he's he's a he's a native Illinois boy, right? He's from Chicago. Uh, yeah, you know, he was in our conference in high school. Yeah, exactly. He's in our conference, right? He won yeah. Meadows, or you know, East Warren Meadows. So, but um, I think he's very limited what he can do. Um, I think he's very um, he, he's he's a product of scheme. He's not a product of of individual kind of. He's not he's not an innovator. You know, you can't. And I think Shanahan there's trust issues there, and I talked about that in that episode. So. Basically, kind of, you know, the issue that I see that I foresee is that, you know, with with those trust issues existing and Jimmy G's limitations and his injuries, because, you know, he's been injured so much frequently. He's only played one full season since he's been with us. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, he only played one full season, and that's in 2019. And we made the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it looks pretty favorable for him, right? But um, at the same time, you got to be available consistently for me to kind of get like, get kind of like assess you, you know? For sure. You think his mental change after that last injury? Oh man, mentally out of it. I, 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 I can't say, I think, I think ultimately, I mean, I think he, I would say so. I would say, I would say, you know, when you watch the Super Bowl, watch him get dominated in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's definitely, I, I feel like he's a little rattled. Um, and I feel like he's still trying to recover from that. And, um, because, you know, prior to that, I don't think he ever lost the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, we was the Patriots. They won back. They won Super Bowls in, in two, in three, I, two yeah, out of three years. I don't think he lost one when he was He there. never lost one. No. So as a backup, he won. And then finally he starts and he loses. I mean, it's kind of, it's tough. It's a very tough situation to be in. So, I mean, ultimately, yeah. I mean, I do think he, there is some rattling there in his, in his mental. Um, so, I mean, we'll see what happens, you know, but I think, you know, with him also, I mean, kind of like big Ben, you know, I, I need I need to see more. I need to see more from you for me to actually say, okay, I can believe in you um, as a QB moving forward. Definitely. So I hope we get to see more of Ben. Damn. Yeah, we'll see, I, man. I'm not, I'm not ready for it to be over with, but they got to do what's best for the organization. You're not ready for it to be over, but you just said, like, hey, man, like, we, we got to make a move. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean and he, you know, he's owed, like, 43 mil next yeah, year. Yeah, it's crazy. It's going to be dead, yeah, gonna be dead cap. Be, yeah, because they don't have a lot to throw around right now. And they got – they're gonna have to pay TJ Watt. They're gonna have to pay Mika Fitzpatrick. So you gotta figure it out. And he yep. said he'd take a cut, but I don't know if he's willing to take as much as I'm thinking they're gonna take. No, he's not gonna take that much. Yeah. <laughs> he's a franchise nah. QB. Why would he? Yeah. He uh he's made enough money in the game, you know. He's been playing a long time. Him, Rivers, Eli Manning all came in the same draft class. Yeah. So, so he's the last one from that draft class. Yeah, he's had a good run. Yeah, Eli Manning retired two years ago, and basically Rivers retired this Phillip, year. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if now Eli Manning retired last year, Rivers retired this year. So now basically next up yeah, is gonna yeah. be Ben. So you know, kudos to him for lasting. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So kind of, what was next quarterback you want to transition to? Drew Brees. All right. What's the move with him? What's going on? What do you think? Let me get your oh, insight. Oh, Drew Brees. Shoot. Um. Is he done? I, no, he's coming back, but uh, I think he's done um, at being an elite quarterback um, because. If you watched kind of, you know, how he, how he played this past season, he had a noodle arm and um, credit to him for sticking out, you know, with the, with the eight crap fractured ribs, you know, obviously 12, like, 12 fractured ribs. Right. And I mean, punctured lung and the punctured lung, you know, so like I mean, that's his ribs. That's crazy. It, it's not a question of toughness. It's not a question of toughness. It's not a question of grit. It's not a question of resilience. It's just a question of, you know, is his, is his arm as good as it once was? You know, nope. I just don't they don't, I, throw, they don't throw the long ball. They throw they, short short slants just like the Steelers this year you know what I mean yeah and the reason why is because Alvin Kamara is a dynamic offense force that they can leverage in the backfield you know yeah you can leverage him on the play action you can let him off the fake you can leverage him you know even just come bubbling out 
you know, just like here, like, you know, I'm going to go out. And I mean, he's so good. He's so dynamic. And the reason why, um, the reason why Taysom Hill didn't start as many games. And this is what I assess after Drew Brees was in, went out for the injury, you know, back early in the podcast, way early, like the first 10 episodes is that because TJ Taysom Hill is taken away from Alvin Kamara's carries and his numbers. And, 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 and the franchise has invested so many Alvin Kamara's already got the super max. He's already inked. You know what I mean? Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. So basically, he's he's a super max player's game, so 30 to 40. I mean, well deserved. yeah. And so pretty much, he's gained the money. So it's gonna, it's you're not gonna go with a dual threat QB. You're not gonna go to dual threat QB over a guy who you know that you can trust for the next five, maybe ten years. You know, uh, Alvin Kamara. Um, whether or not the Taysom Hill is a great player, don't get me wrong, but I don't view him as a franchise QB. I okay. still, yes. So to that point. You think they rock with Jameis Winston over Taysom Hill? Ooh, man. He, Jason, Jameis played play pretty or, good. Or are they going to take someone in? Are they going to draft somebody or trade for somebody? Because so, it's tough, man. It's very tough. It's very tough. And I think, I think those, those are great questions to, to ask because, I mean, Sean Payton is one of the best – another brilliant offensive mind, right? Big time. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's, he's the innovator of the visor, so the black visor. But anyways. Hell yeah. Yeah, and so pretty much with Sean Payton, um, he's, he's actually from here. He's from, he's from, he's from the Bay Area, too. He's from Cali. Is he really? Um, yeah. And so he, he's played QB. Um, but basically, yeah, he played QB. He played in the Arena League for a little bit. Played overseas in Europe. So damn, a couple of yeah. fun facts of the day. I didn't know that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So yeah, pretty much uh, champagne. Yeah. So um, he, um, I mean, if if he, I, I do think they will bring someone in just because. I mean, that's what you do. You bring someone in to compete. Um, Drew Brees. I mean, they know Drew Brees. This is probably gonna be his final season if he does actually play. Um, and essentially from there, it's just going to be, okay, who are they going to bring in? And is this person, whoever they bring in going to be better? Like it can't be a situation like Pittsburgh where you're just being a bunch of backups. You're drafting a guy like Jordan Love, who you know is not going to be, he's not, I mean, you think he might be able to play, you know, but it's, it's, it's a gamble. There's no, like my issue with teams is that in, in those late first round, early second rounds, like those, those, those rounds you need, you need draft surefire prospects. All like the gems keep dropping to the third and fourth round because Teams make stupid ass decisions in the set, late first and, and the early second rounds. Like Russell Wilson was a third round pick. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, crazy. and like, you know, Patrick Mahomes, even though his first round pick, those two QBs taken before him, you know, Deshaun Watson wasn't even the first QB taken that year. And Trubisky. And Trubisky. <laughs> so, Big Mitch, baby. Yeah, man. The GOAT. Hey, anyways. <laughs> but, I don't yeah. know, man. We, uh, Pittsburgh is good at drafting receivers late. I'll give yeah. them that. Yeah. They, you know, all of the best receivers. receivers have never been a first round. Yeah, I, like I don't eight. know. Don't don't quote me on that. But Reese, as of recent, um, man, that jersey is so clean. Isn't and that right? sign too, right? That's the sign one. Damn, my boy AB, man, I'm so happy for him that he got that he got a ring. Pe- yes, people sir. hate on him so much, but he's been through so much shit. And I'm I'm glad it was him over Le'Veon Bell. If it had to be one of the teams, but I'm fans of both of them. Bless yeah. you, almost. No, almost, yeah. See, I, I caught myself. <laughs> <laughs> the receiver that we do, we catch everything. There you go. <laughs> but, there you yes, go. Handsy, baby. Hey, Handsy, baby. Hey, what out? So, yeah, back to AB, though. He, uh, I wish I got the 81, but, I mean, this is, this is, it was like, once, once he won, like, yeah, hey, this, 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 uh, my guy has an RSA, like, yeah, we have this. You want it? I'm like, sure. <laughs> go That's ahead. So send clean, it. Dude. That's yeah, just it's so clean. Sick. I'm not even a Raiders fan, but I'm like, all right, cool. I'm just like, you know, no, AB, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kudos to AB. So, yeah. He did I mean, it, man. He, he's he been it. through so much adversity. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm hyped to see what good for him, for. man. You know, yeah. he, uh, he doesn't even need, he he doesn't even need to play anymore. He's done. He's a Hall of Famer, bro. He's, oh, he's sure. and his and, numbers and, with him and Ben were crazy. Yeah, I, I wish he stuck it out. I wish they figured it out, but it's not always sweet, man. It's not always sweet, and the issue always happens to be you know kind of when your guy needs to get the ball. You know I mean, what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? And and AB basically, I mean like you know Big Ben threw AB under the bus. 
you know, I mean, a few times. And, you know, AB, I mean, they, he got, he, then he basically got, you know, shipped out. He was, he was viewed as a head case. But ultimately, I mean, like, he's your best player. I mean, Juju is a great, great, you know, but I still think AB is not AB. He's not AB. No, I mean, when, but Juju. Juju is a stud and he shined because uh, AB was getting double teamed. Correct. But I love Juju. I'm, I think he, I hope he stays in Pittsburgh. But do you think, I want to hear your answer on this real quick. When AB and him and Ben were going crazy with the Steelers at that time, was he the number one receiver in the NFL? AB when he was going crazy with Ben? Yeah. Hmm. If not, who was your number one? I, I think he was the best in the league. Um, everyone's got their own opinion, obviously. Yeah, he was number one. Cool. I would say, I would say, I would say the only other receiver who I put up in that echelon would be maybe Calvin you know, Megatron. Um, Fitz to me was never the best uh, at the position for a single season. However, he was, he was, a, you can, career wise, he's one of the greatest holders. Right. Time. Not Julio, though. Right. Not Julio. Thank you. Yeah. Because AB to Thank me. You. I get so much shit for saying Julio's not up there. Here's my issue with Julio, man. This is just me. This is just me. You no, know, Randy Moss, you know, if you, I'll, I'll send you the post. You may already seen Randy Moss wish me happy birthday three years ago. And yeah. I, I've never, I've never Hell gotten yeah. over it. <laughs> yeah. It's still there. Shit, it's a I, I, would, I wouldn't either. Damn. Yeah. You know I mean? It adds to my legacy and, you know, just kind of my credibility, you know, in sports and football. Hell right? yeah, man. But pretty much kind of with that. Everyone kept talking about how Julio has broken all Randy Moss's records. His youngest to 10,000 receivers are fast as this, fast as that. You know what record he's not going to break? Touchdowns. What's Randy Moss's rookie season record? Touchdowns. What's Randy Moss's season that he, record he broke in 2007 when they went 16-0? Touchdowns. Julio Jones can't get into the fucking red zone. Yes, yes. So he I mean, well, red zone. He, he won't he, get in the end zone. End zone. Yeah, my yeah. bad. I misspoke. Yeah, yeah. And he can't get into the end zone. And everyone is who's to all, but he gets triple teamed. He goes up for 300 yards. I'm like, okay, make, bro. Make it happen. Yeah, the, I'm like, the, yeah. The best will find the end zone. <laughs> Thank you. You know what I mean? And that's, and to me, the biggest thing is just with, with Julio Jones, it's, 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 I think it's, it's lacking for me. It's lacking because he has, he, he definitely has a resume to give him. He's a hall of famer. I mean, they're both hall of famers, you know, the two guys talking about, but it's just like, it's like T.O. Randy. Well, T.O. was pretty much on par Randy Moss, TDs, everything like that. But I mean, when you watch Randy Moss play, it's just like, oh my God, like he can score at will. Oh, for sure. Will. Like, he's he was with decimating. Brady, he had, what, 39 touchdowns in three seasons? Yeah, 39 and three. Crazy. Uh, decimating Crazy. defenses. Decimating defenses. I know, and I know my friend uh, and one of my close friends is now going to be a recurring guest on the show. He's going he's gonna to be back on for part two, Lofa Tupu. He was on oh, the yeah, 20, yeah. 2007 All-Pro team with Randy Moss, you know? So cool. Yeah, and so Randy Moss, obviously, and him played the game. So, I mean, like, it's just me. I just think Randy Moss is the greatest receiver of all time when you look at talent and ability alone because – we're never going to see that again. We're not going to see a guy that tall, that fast, and that lethal against I'm NFL de- defense. I, I don't think so either. Yeah, you're not going to see that. You're just not. So, I mean, Who, ultimately uh, – Yeah. No, real quick, um, top five. Not hey. in order. It doesn't have to be in order, but current players. Current. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll throw mine out there too. Okay, so for me, I think number one still Pat. I'll, I'll put Pat just because. I oh, mean, no. He's... Uh, re- receivers. Oh, receiver. Oh, my bad. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. And, okay. And, and I probably won't give him an order because I, I, I don't know. I got to think about it a little more, but I'll just throw yeah. my top five out there too. Okay. So I got mine. So the, I actually had this topic on, on, on last episode. So I'm just going to do no order. Uh, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, um, Tyreek Hill, 
do I want to say Juju? Maybe, maybe not. No, not Juju. Uh, it's I guess tough Julio. because you're going to feel like you leave someone out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I guess Julio, just, just by default, um, who's five? I guess DK. DK Metcalf. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> I uh, No particular order, but D-Hop, he, he might even be number one for me, but... A lot of people. <laughs> There's a lot of people. <laughs> D-Hop, um, Antonio Brown, just because he missed a whole bunch of games this year, but if he's out there for the full year, he, he can be one of the best still. Yeah. So D-Hop, A-B, Tyreek Hill. Um, ooh. Julio, maybe he would be number five if it'd be iffy for number five, but uh, Devonta Adams, and I would probably swap. I, I'm gonna get shit for this, but I would swap currently. Uh, Julio out for Keenan Allen just because his routes and the way Ooh. he sets things up. Okay, I like that. That's yeah. like that. You're you're going out. You're going out on a limb there, Keenan yeah. Allen. No, yeah, because Keenan Allen's a great route runner. Um, phenomenal. And separates route him, but. Overall, so I might actually take that back because Julio's an overall better receiver, but I just yeah. love I love Keenan Allen, the way he runs routes, the way he sets things up. But it's hard, man. It's, it's too hard to do top five. So It is, it is, you know. And, I mean, DK Metcalf is still in that category, in Stud. my opinion. Stud. Stud, you know. I mean, it's just because there's so many receivers out there. It's so great, you know what I mean? It's too hard to do do a top five with that, but. It's too bad, yeah. It's too yeah, hard, man. and yeah. I Definitely. mean, my, all, my all-time my all top five, though, I, I would still, I would say, Day Talent, Randy, Jerry, T.O., um megatron and then um larry solid right there yeah it's easy solid man yeah so and pretty much everyone would debate that like you put yep. randy over here i said I, yeah. not 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 by rings not by yep. not by these no yep. but just just talent just yep. talent you know overall so, one of my talent. favorite receivers though to this day is ocho cinco oh ocho cinco was a, was, was, was a yeah. dog though hell yeah man stand he right here watch, man. He, stand right here hey you stand right here <laughs> tell him tell him the route and then he's he just still burn him, but him and T.O. were before their time. I'll be absolutely and same with Randy. I mean, I feel like yeah, that thanks. generation of receivers were just they they were before the time. I, mean, I still have not seen a receiver from this generation who inspires me as much as T.O. or Randy. I've not seen people anyone. still. Oh, you got mossed. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. No, people still say that. People don't even say you got right. They say you got mossed. Or that kind of like mossed. this. You know what if you, you they mossed. say when you when you shoot when you shoot in the trash Kobe. can? You do you do you say Michael? No. Nah. Yeah, you know, Kobe. Yeah, you say magic yeah. now. You say no. Yeah. You say Kobe. Exactly. Yeah. So, essentially, it's kind of like the legacies that those athletes left for their time Definitely. transcends kind of their playing career. Um, so, I mean, it's good. It's good to kind of you know give respect where it's due. You know, rest in peace, Kobe. So, facts, yo. Rest in peace to one of the goats, if not the goat. If the goat, not the goat. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. He's the he's the goat of this team. You know, my favorite team. Big so, time. Big time. You know, I'm a diehard Lakers fan. Kobe. Though. Yeah. That's yeah. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah. I actually got it from Staples Center. I got it from Staples Center. Um, and actually, if you check the side out, yeah, I got it. The Kobe oh, that's night. So cool. Yeah. So basically, the wings and eight and twenty four. So that's so cool. Twenty four. Yeah, Rest so. in peace, man. Black yeah. Mamba. Black Mamba, baby. So yes, Mamba. Sir. Oh, let's talk about NBA. Who's uh, who you look out for, and uh, you know, what's your final prediction? Uh, to keep it real, I'm not the biggest. Like, I don't really follow basketball. Sure. Um, That's fine. I like to watch it here and there, but I'm yeah, never yeah. being like, oh, damn, the Bulls are playing. Let me go put the Bulls game on. Like, football yeah. is a religion in this house, but <laughs> it's a religion basketball, my, yeah. basketball, not so much. Um, but uh, the Nets are hard to bet against right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm rooting for the Suns. I'm a big Devin Booker fan. Devin Booker's um, beast. So, so they're starting off strong. 
Um, but if I had to pick who's going to win it all, it'd probably be the Nets. But then again, I don't know the most about basketball. Um, I don't know standings or anything like that. Um, I watch it most on ESPN. Yeah, then the, then the Nets. I think the Nets are going to be hard to beat too. Once they're all healthy and once they're all situated down the line. But Lakers, then again, too. I don't know what's up with AD right now. I know he's hurt, but I don't think it was. Uh, he didn't rupture a tent or his Achilles, no, right? No, no. Okay, cool. So, yeah. um, I, I think we'll, you good. Curry's going crazy. He, um, he's yes, going sir. crazy with, with not many people around him. Uh huh. Right. I, I don't think. I know yeah. Kelly Oubre is over there, but I don't. I, I no, just don't. I no. don't know basketball like that. So I, no, you're right. No, you're on point. You're on the money. You're on the money. Let me stop you right there, because you because you're on the money. You're on a roll. Curry is on fire, and it's crazy to see what he's doing right now with no help. Right. Kelly Oubre and D. Draymond. I don't. What is that? I mean, that's not. It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's not the Warriors that were around for the last five, ten years. You know. KD, Clay. KD. And stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. Even even without K. I actually went to the to 2017 Finals game too. I was there. Oh, for real. Yeah, there and and, so and, and and after we get the call, I'll basically I'll I'll send you a snippet of like opening tip off from that. Yeah, please so, do. Yeah, so basically, um, because it's on IG, so uh, basically, oh, yeah. kind of that it was, it was like it was just insane to watch KD dominate because he was with with the Warriors, he was able to kind of uh, he was able to get the ball out of LeBron's hands, he was able to do a lot more. But you know, now we're seeing with the Nets, how good is KD really? The Nets are looking great. But in my opinion, the only reason why I would still take the Warriors over the Nets, and the reason why I don't think the Nets are unbeatable, is because they don't have the defense the Warriors had. The Warriors okay. had, yeah, the Pass. Warriors, the Warriors, the Pass. Warriors had, yeah, you know what I mean? They have Iggy, yeah. they have all these defensive guys. Kyrie, KD, Dre, uh, KD's the only defender all on that team. Players, correct? Yeah, all offensive players. Uh, so I mean, Harden yeah. and Kyrie are the lazier on the defensive side of the ball. Very. But then again, Very. I'm glad you're agreeing because. I don't know much about basketball, so I'm just talking about what I do know, and I, I'm glad I'm on point with that a little bit. But um, other than that, man, yeah, I don't know. I'm a. I think Lamelo Ball is going crazy. Oh, hey, you know enough, guy. Yeah, yeah, you're being too modest, right? She was yeah. being too modest about B-ball knowledge on this on the on the show. So go ahead. <laughs> man, I just if he keeps playing like this, he's rookie of the year. But him and Edwards, that's that's the guy's name, Edwards. Yeah, Edwards. Yep, Edwards. Number one pick. Yep, yep. He yeah, kids, 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 an athlete, man. He's an athlete. I the love... kids are different now, man. These kids are different. And so that's actually, I guess we ended with this final topic. You know, everyone talk about the Bulls and how they're deal dominant this era and everything like that. But it's almost like, this is just my take. I think the athletes of this era are way better than anyone back then. I mean, sure. anyone back then. Yeah, so. these, these athletes are different now. I don't know what the hell happened, but these 11, 12-year-olds are not the same as when I was, even when I was 11 and 12. Yeah. I was a kid. These 11, 12-year-olds now are men. Adults. Yeah, exactly. Nuts. It's not crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And I think ultimately we can do with this. I think in this era, and we're gonna talk about and this is both for football and basketball. People say Tom Brady could play in the eighties. The reason why I don't think he could, or I don't I don't think he'd be as dominant as he is now. Because the way you hit the quarterback back then. I mean the oh way you can God, hit the receiver. Yo, it's so like, different. It's so different. Not saying Tom Brady couldn't play, he'd still he'd still be a Super Bowl champion. I just I don't think he'd be able to play for twenty one plus years. I, I agree with you because it's a soft version of football now. Bingo. They, the quarterbacks can't get touched, man. They can't. Yeah. They You look at them weird, it's a flag. You know what I mean? Yeah. But not knocking and saying that he wouldn't be able to compete and have a couple of rings back then, but he would, like you said, you said it perfectly, he would not have played 20-plus years. Exactly. Back because then. No, no quarterback outside Brett Favre was able to do for that long. And They were coming for your heads, you know <laughs> what I mean? These guys, you imagine Jack Lambert 
coming for Tom Ooh, Brady. Oh my God, Lawrence Taylor hey, coming for Tom nah, Brady. Nah, man. You know what I mean? Like Leonard Marshall coming for Tom Brady. Like Joe Montana in the 1990 NFC Championship game, game blindsided. Yeah, man. <laughs> you, you imagine if that hit happened now? Oh my God. You know what I mean? He, those guys would be out of the league. They'd be out nice. of the league. They'd nice. be out of the league. Like I talked Lofo about this too because you know me and you know this. You play special teams. When you're gunner and you're rapping, you can't stop your momentum. You get you hurt. Can't, trying, you get you'll hurt. get hurt. You get hurt. Exactly. So and you're when you're rapping, and if you do that now, they'll call targeting. Facts. And and that's the issue. I mean, I can't <laughs> I can't take it seriously if I can't see the hits that I was accustomed to laying, which is For why real. I'm so broken up today. You know what I mean? It's just like I Rolofo agrees. You agree. Everyone, if you played at a level like the, if, for example, my coach, coach, coach Dub, you know, and Darius Prince, who was who's my boy, because he because he actually played semi pro and he got the NFL from semi pro and so he won cool. the arena. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, the beast, bro. And he was also like the first uh, first video interview I did for did a for the A1 podcast. He basically, um, he and Coach Dub, he, Coach Dub was his coach in the AF for the San Antonio Commanders. You watch the AF, you say you see how they hit the QB. Like I mean, the guy, the guy can get blindsided and just get like buried in the dirt, and rip, next play. Next yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, walk okay. it off. That's how you walk it off. Shake it and off. That's, and and that's and I miss that. Yeah. I miss that. Oh yeah. Uh, Big I time. Out. You know what I mean? Like I think, even when I was coaching the youth program, like we weren't allowed to do Oklahoma drill. We weren't allowed to do any of these drills anymore. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Why? And safety. <sighs> the youth leagues don't allow it. And then they uh we're getting ready for practice and I'm starting to do special teams and the president, one of my good buddies, Tom Seibel, great dude. He uh, comes over to me. He's like, Hey, you know, there's no more kickoffs in youth football. Right. So like, what are you talking about? No. And I didn't understand it. And he explained it to me and I still don't understand it until the first game. And so here's how it worked real quick. Um, say I scored a touchdown. Yep. I'll start at the 50 yard line. Oh no. Okay. So I'll, I'll do the extra point. They still yeah. do all that. Yeah. So say it's seven zero. Yeah. I get the ball on the fifty yard line, and you can either the other team starts with the ball, or you say I'm going an onside kick. That means you have one play to get ten yards. If you get ten <laughs> yards, you re- you recover the onside kick. If not, they start with the ball. So all I had to do was run a trap or a sweep with my team, and all we need is ten yards to get to the forty. If we get that ten yard mark, we recover the onside kick. It blew my mind. I was like, how is there no special teams? There's punts. You can still punt, but there's no more kickoffs and kick return. And it blew my mind. I can't do that. I can't do that. Yeah. Because I mean, a lot of these players, that's where they shine. That's where they get their opportunities from. You know what I mean? Show that thing. Yeah. Yes, there sir. you go. There you go. I mean, I mean, without, without, without being a gunner, without being a jammer, you know, I mean, I'm not saying I laid the most hits, but I was able to be effective. In the blocking game on return, you know, in the in the in the in the in the in the, in the obviously the tackling, the gunning game, you know, on, on kickoff, you know, and up back still for punts, you know, when you're doing fake punts or whatever like yeah, that, yeah. you're basically you're calling out, you know. I I just don't understand. Like it, I mean, neither do I, man. And I coach for two seasons and still don't get it. Yeah, man, it's it's makes more sense to me, it but, sense. but you it know, sucks, hey, man. But the game's changing and we got to change with it. I guess I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I I don't think they're going to ever eliminate kickoffs in the NFL because it's too exciting. It's no. too exciting for for, for the fans. No. But I mean, at the youth leagues, I mean, if they're taking away from the youth kids, I think the reason why here's why I think why because um, what they're seeing with CTE, they're think they're thinking, okay, these guys on kickoffs are basically they're being they're they're, they're being too aggressive. They're they're tackling way too much, and it basically has premature. It, it kind of 
introduces premature head trauma. Yeah, but you look at the statistics. There's more concussions in youth girls basketball and soccer than there is in youth football. Do you know that? Yes, sir. And yes, sir. Because these kids aren't moving fast enough. These kids aren't having the amount of the pressure. I don't. I don't want to get off technical because one, I don't understand it fully, but yeah. it's just it's weird, man. Yeah, it's just weird. You know, I mean, ultimately, but it's good that you you kind of tied those stats because if 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 this concussions were the biggest issue, that's like okay, cool. So the people aren't getting concussions. Right. You know, but I, I wonder, I wonder though, is it because uh, they're saying, oh, because, because when someone initiates contact with their shoulder or their head, Lofa basically describes this as the form tackling. This is, and this is how you do it. You basically go up through the pec, up across the clavicle, and you basically, you know, you wrap like that. Essentially, that means that you're not going to try to target, you know, head helmet to helmet. Right. You're going to go up, but it may give you the impression that this guy is going like this. So you think like, oh, he's going like that, but he really, you're wrapping like that. And he's, and Lofa and I agree with like, you know, we, he couldn't play, I couldn't play in this era. I mean, there's no way. I mean, essentially, it's just like, you know, there's too much, there's too much that, there's too much that you're limited, too many limitations, yeah. too many limitations now as a defensive player, as special teams player. So, but I mean, I do, I'm all for player safety, right? But I mean, yeah, like, and, but you side the stats, I mean, then what's the point? You're not really making right. things better. So but it starts with the coaches too, though, like teaching correct form. And like, it was cool. My first year, I was six years old. My first year of tackle football, my coach was on the USA rugby team. Oh, so okay. one practice every week, we played rugby and learned uh-huh. how to practice and hit like that. And that just stuck with me. And because rugby, you're not going to hit with your head down. You know what I mean? You got no <laughs> padding, no equipment, no helmet, nothing. So you'll learn real quick. But I just think it's cool that we got to experience it like that. And it starts from the top. It's you, you practice what you preach. So whatever they're preaching to you, that's how you're going to play. You know what I mean? 100%. But, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good. So closing thoughts. It, uh, it's all good, man. Mental health isn't a joke. Take it serious, man. Um, don't be afraid to speak out. Um, like I said, there's if people give you a hard time for you feeling down, they're not meant to be in your corner. Nope. Um, surround yourself with people who have the best interest for you and want the best for you. So. Yeah, exactly. And I think before you before we cut, because basically, I mean, I I removed a lot of people who were basically bringing down negative energy. You know, I, I move a lot of people, you know, if, I mean, whether it's semi-pro, yeah, whatever. It's hard you know to I'm, do sometimes. It's, it's hard to do because you want them, you want their respect, you want them in your circle for whatever reason. But ultimately, at a certain point, you have to understand that this is not going to, this isn't going to be good for me because all they're bringing is negativity. And a lot of it's unfounded. Right. And if it's unfounded negativity, how is that going to help me grow? It like if it's, It won't. Like if it's criticism, you know what I mean? I'll, I, bro, I can, you, you can call me whatever you want. I'll take it and I'll use it as motivation. Yeah, for sure. You know, I'll, yeah, cause, but at the end of the day, if you're just laughing to laugh, then what the fuck am I supposed to do that? You know, Say hit peace. the streets. Peace. Yep. Peace. There you go. <laughs> a little three piece right there. Yeah, three piece, baby. We know what we're talking about. All there right, you so, go, man. All right, brother. You know, hey, it's good talking to you. And, uh, Likewise, you know, man. You shoot me up the agility, you know, talk, drop those Josh socials. Uh, drop the socials. <laughs> yes, sir, man. So you can follow me on my Instagram is Ryan Shoot Me One. And uh-huh. then my business Instagram is Shoot Me Speed and Agility. We got the merch on, you know. Oh, what I mean? there it is. There it got, is. I got my own clothing line and doing all this. So we're taking it little by little, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so you know, shout out Ryan. Ryan, you know, boxer, entrepreneur, mentor, life coach, and coach. Utility man, man. You Utility. Know, yes, sir. We do it all, baby. Appreciate it, big dog, man. Yes, sir. Thanks for hey, having man. me back on and uh, hope all is well and have a good weekend, man. You do the same, brother. Take care. Appreciate it.